Welcome to Reality of the Rose with your host, Natalie Sprink. Welcome to episode eight of Reality of the Rose with your host, Natalie Sprink. That is me. Dang, it is cold up here in northern Wisconsin today. It is, it's June 21st, uh, first day of summer, right? And I bet it didn't get above 57. My feet right now are frozen. I'm wearing a sweater, I'm wearing jeans, and I'm covered up in a blanket as I'm recording. What? What? It is supposed to get warmer again. It just feels super strange. So we had episode three, right? Tonight was episode three of Katie's season. And before I break it down, which there was a lot that happened tonight. And man, tonight was, geez, I guess in one word, I would say emotional. I, I would I would say tonight was a good night. It was a good viewing night. It was an entertaining yet emotional yet sort of a lot happened tonight, which I was kind of happy about. Um, but first I wanted to sort of address something as far as my podcast in general. So this is not a spoiler podcast in any form or fashion. I never seek out spoilers. I want to deter people from giving me spoilers. So if you hear any spoilers, don't, don't tell me. Um, I don't follow any spoiler accounts, but I do follow a lot of bachelor Instagram accounts. I follow a lot of the bachelor nation people, and I listen to a ton of bachelor podcasts. Uh, however, none of the podcasts I listen to are spoiler podcasts as well. Um, I reality Steve, I used to listen to, but then I got turned off by him for several different reasons. So not only do I not listen to him for that, but I also just, I don't want to hear the spoilers. So, um, nothing you hear. I, I will, I will probably talk about rumors, but again, they're rumors. I have no clue if they're true or not. And most of the time they're not rumors about spoilers necessarily. They're rumors just about people on the show currently or, I mean, people not on the show, but, but most, uh, applicable right now would be people on the show. So one of the things I was going to talk about is a rumor I've heard about Greg. Um, but either way, the things I talk about on the breakdown of the show too, will be 100% my opinions. Um, I know sometimes it may feel like I, <laughs> I don't like this show because I, come across as having a lot of uh, criticisms about the show, about the producers, about the editing, about people in it for gameplay, all of those things. But that is not true. I am truly obsessed. I, I Okay, literally, would I have started a podcast if I was not obsessed with the show? I'm, I mean, I'm obsessed. I don't even have any other content except for bachelor content, which actually works against me because I have a ton of friends. I know a ton of people that I feel like would listen to a podcast of mine if it was about something other than the bachelor. So <laughs> I am narrowing my market pretty significantly to non bachelor people. So make no mistake. I love the bachelor, but part of it for me is the fun of watching it 
not from a serious point of view, watching it from an entertainment side, because it is, I watch it for the entertainment value of it, not because I, my first and foremost goal is that Katie find love, because I mean, come on, you know, what are the chances? 30 men out of the entire country and either she's going to pick them or they're going to pick her. I mean, you know what I mean? So I think it's fun to watch it in that respect. And it's fun to see how there, I mean, it's a TV show. Obviously there's producers, there's editors. That's what it's a TV show. If it's truly a reality show, they would just be filming 24 seven and let us see every single minute that happens. Uh, would you do that? Eh, yeah, I might. Uh, but I just want to make that clear. So it's just the way I watch it. It's the way I perceive it. It's the way I like to verbalize it on this podcast and talk about it, kind of make fun of it, poke, poke, poke fun at it. I never want to get too mean, but either way, um, just wanted to sort of clarify that. And, you know, I try to look at it both from a point of view of these people being like real people and it is a reality show and then they aren't actors except maybe Greg. Um, but also that there as producers and editors and a whole huge cast and crew that has to make an entertaining TV show. So that's the reality. And also the reality is the fact that it has evolved as a show over the many, many years it is on because social media is a thing now. And there's very many people that come off the show making a good living off of the fact that they have developed a platform. And I'm not taking anything away from them. I, I mean, I think it makes total sense. And the way I look at it is, yeah, I'll go on the show. If they do find love with the lead, awesome, great. But if not, they develop a platform, which ironically has a lot to do with tonight's show. So I would never fault them because I think if any of them say anything other than that, they're probably 100% lying. So, and again, I'm not judging. I think it's smart, honestly. So that being said, I want to say that the first thing is that uh, the rumor I heard this week, and it was on a couple of a different podcast, the nation I feel like is split with Greg Grippo, who is the guy who got the Fimp Rose, the first impression Rose, um, Gamer Rose's terminology, and um, also the first one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, I've heard I, either people love him because of the of the gameplay he's using as far as being like, and I'm not saying it's not genuine, but he is like taking this shy aspect, like, oh, shucks, you know, I don't deserve this. And, you know, I just being this just like super, super nice guy. And I do, I like Greg a lot. He's in my top four. Um, but supposedly he is, an actor or a wannabe actor. He, and I can't think of the name of the school, but there's some sort of top-notch acting school in New York City that he actually went to. And, which is fine. That's fine to be an actor. I mean, everyone needs to make a living and that doesn't mean he's acting on the show. But the part I think that's strange is that nowhere has he put that in his bio. I think in his bio, he says he's like a in marketing or sales or something like that. And nowhere in his bio, did he say, did he say anything about acting or that he went to acting school? And I feel like that's a little suspicious. Um, 
I don't know, maybe not. Maybe it's just a side gig that he's not pursuing. But there is one train of thought or conspiracy theory by a group of people that he is acting on the shore and he's there uh, to get noticed and to get discovered. And that, again, who knows? Maybe he is there to find love. And if he and Katie end up together, great. But if not, he can come after. So some people are questioning him being there for the right reasons. But as I just said, I think everyone's got their platform. But I kind of hope he's not that way because he does seem like such a cool, good dude. Um, so we'll see where that goes. But they did not hardly show him at all tonight at all. So I think he got all his time in. My guess now is that he we won't see him for a while because I think that I heard another uh, school of thought this week and I totally agree with it. You know, Katie, she was like number nine um, to be sent home or she was like nine people away from what, you know what I mean? There was nine people left when she got sent home. And I think Hannah Brown was like six. And so Katie, honestly, we didn't get to know her very well in the show. Most other leads in the bachelorette that take the lead, um, they have lasted many more weeks on the show and we've gotten to know their, just to know them a little better. And we didn't really know that much about Katie, except that she's sex positive and that she has a cat. I mean, you know, she is pretty open on her social media, but I feel like we didn't get to know her and like her background and her PTCs as much as some of the other leads. So I feel like this past show, like not tonight, but the not last week was more for us to get to know Katie, because if you pay attention so often on this show, it feels like you don't really learn that much about the lead herself. They don't often show the men or the women, if it's the bachelor, really asking the lead a lot of deep questions. I, it just doesn't happen. And I think that's because the show wants you to get to know the men and develop feelings about the men because you kind of already know the lead because of the prior show they were on. So I think that last week's show was more intended for us to get to know Katie and about the loss of her dad, about her upbringing and how she was kind of poor because all that was addressed. And I think because the producers knew that Greg also had a dad who passed away. I don't even think Katie, I don't even think she picked him to have the first one-on-one -on -one date because she gave him the, just gave him the Fimpros. And so logically speaking, she probably would not pick him for the first one-on-one. -on -one. She'd pick someone else to get to know better. So I think they did that though, so that the two of them had that thing in common and it made more sense for her to start talking about it because he could also relate and talk about his same PTC and that they would um, bond over that. So that's just, and I feel like that also kind of puts the red flag up and puts a black mark on Greg with the other guys because he not only gets the first impression rose, but he also gets the first one-on-one. -on -one. So they're going to look at him as a threat. But then, as you will notice, we hardly saw him on this show. So I think they wanted to get that out of the way with Katie. And we learned something else about her tonight, too, which was interesting. So, okay, sorry. Those are my initial thoughts. Geez, we're 11 minutes in already, and I haven't even started talking about tonight's show. So those are all just kind of points that... I thought about and heard and wanted to discuss on my episode this week. So let's get into tonight. How about it? So segment one, 
Well, first of all, have you noticed that there's a different voiceover guy, like at the beginning when they're talking about, you know, the show and they have a voiceover guy, guy saying whatever the voiceover guy says, um, actually sounds similar to Chris Harrison, but it's clearly not. Um, wonder how they pick that guy. Like who is, who is that guy? I want to know who that guy is. So anyway, we've got the first, the, um, we, we, we leave off. They, they actually don't start with the creature. Did you notice that? I pointed that out last episode that every single episode seems to start with an animal of some sort. Uh, it did not where we started, where we ended last show and it was with Carl and he's raising a ruckus about, someone not being there for the right reasons. And he, you hear him repeat this whole, I'm not a hundred percent sure if a hundred percent of the people here are here for the right reasons. I was like, what? Can you say that again? You're not a hundred percent sure if a hundred percent of the people are here for the right reasons. Well, I think that's probably a given. I, what? Uh, so you see everyone's getting upset at him. Um, Trey is yelling at him. He's telling Carl he needs to be a grown ass man. There's other people telling him that he ruined Katie's night. Like, what is he doing? Um, they say he's done enough harm because Carl is saying, Oh, I need to go. I need to go talk to her. And he's, they're like, no, why would you do that? Which is so true. They said you'd have done enough harm. They're just super mad at him. Like so mad. Um, but actually, what is he doing? Like, I, I don't get his strategy in this whole thing. If he thinks that, <laughs> I mean, if if there is a strategy of like, I'm just going to act this way to get airtime, he like he doesn't know how to do that very well because you don't just like go full blazing in doing what you do, but not even having any basis for it. Like, like have a premise have have a basis have something of substantial um of substantial credit that you can get airtime for this is just doesn't even make sense like what are you doing <laughs> so i i don't know what he's trying to accomplish with with this angle at all he's not getting anywhere and if he's wanting more followers i don't know who would i don't know who would go follow him after this i it's so confusing to me um but anyway then so they're all like going at him and Katie comes in, just kind of comes storming in. And she says that she doesn't have the right mindset to give the guys the time and energy they deserve for the night. And so she just wants to go straight to the rose ceremony. I mean, she's pissed. I mean, you can tell she's like legit pissed. And, you know, I have to say, even with a lead like this, um, again, like I said earlier, you know, I feel like there's an underlying, everyone's kind of in it for, the right reasons, but also for the wrong reasons. And that includes a lead. But when you are the lead, I feel like there's a certain, there's a certain level of, you don't want to be made to look stupid also on TV. So even though you have taken part in this yourself, um, I can see where she would be. Plus, I mean, she's human. So to know someone is there absolutely hundred percent, not to even you know, be interested in her. They're not even interested in her. They're strictly after the followers and that's it. Then I can see where that would hurt. I mean, that would not, that would sort of crush someone's ego just a little bit. So, um, so I feel for her, you know, so they show her crying again and, um, Oh, I, so I take that back. Greg does 
is shown a little bit. So he is the one that goes and finds her and comforts her. Now, I never understand how this works because she's very upset and she leaves and she goes and cries again. If I was them, my feeling would be, oh, okay, so she's going to go back. I mean, you, you still have the cast and the crew there. So wouldn't most of them be like, okay, she's pissed. She said there's no more rose ceremony. We're just, or we're going to go straight to the rose ceremony. They Would they really expect her to go cry some more? Wouldn't they expect that she's going to go like go by the producers now and they're going to set up the whole like risers and rose table and everything now and they wouldn't even think to necessarily go look for her? So I just wonder in a situation like this where Greg decides he's going to go find her. Now he already has a rose. So I mean there's no benefit to him necessarily doing that except just to comfort her. But like how does that come about? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure every other guy wants to go talk to her too. So why, how does he get to, or why? I don't know how that comes about. That's interesting to me, but he does. She vents to him a little bit and basically tells him that she doesn't know if she trusts anyone else there except for him. Um, she tells him that she's glad he came to check on her and, you know, that she's just not confident about anyone else in the room. And it goes to commercial. Come back for segment two. The guys again are all venting to each other about Carl and the stuff he pulled. And clearly he's not there with them. So then they cut to Carl and he's in some other room, like fake, fake boxing, like in the air, you know, like throwing punches in the air. I, okay. I sure. Why not? Um, then he ITMs. He says that he's not here for these dudes and he's still accusing someone of not being there for the right reason. He just keeps saying someone. I know someone's not here for the right reasons. <laughs> well, okay. Again, um, can we be a, a little bit more specific? Like, what are you doing? Ah, anyway, um, I said anyway. So for those of you that listen for a while, take a drink. Um, so then we show the men and they're headed to the, to the rose ceremony room. And, and of course, Carl's the last one to enter and they all give him dirty looks as he stands in the front row. And then we see Katie walk in and she looks again, still super pissed. Um, but she says to them all kind of a general statement. She says, um, I'm here to find my husband and I'm here to fall in love. And she is hoping that that's what they're all for too, that they're all there for too. And she said that tonight really confused her, but she's still going to go ahead and follow her heart. And then she proceeds with starting to give out the roses. So the first rose goes to David. Uh, second rose goes to Hunter, which at this point, I'm just not sure about Hunter. Like I hundred percent, she, I think that this season Hunter is that guy who she, I mean, she's not interested in him. I, I just don't, I know she, he keeps getting roses, but I think that that's all I, I feel like that's producer induced because of the value he brings to the show. He's sort of like the narrator. I feel like of the show a little bit. And he's kind of that guy who's a good guy. I don't think they have any chemistry and I think they both know it, but he's like still there for the right reasons, quote unquote, in the sense that he's going to be the one to like always stick up for Katie. And if there's a guy that's like doing something he thinks is wrong, he doesn't do it in a weird ass way. Like Carl's doing, he does it in like a legit nice way where he's just there to sort of defend Katie in a, in a good guy type way, if that makes sense. Um, 
but he's a little strange. I just, I'm not exactly sure how to read him, but I know for sure he's not going to go very far except just to play like Katie's bouncer. I, ugh, whatever. Anyway, he gets second rows. Connor C gets the third. I, I don't, they've not shown him much, so I don't know much about him. And then Mike P is the virgin. And then he was not on much this show either, but he gets a rose. Um, after, but so, okay. So Mike gets his rose and after Mike gets his rose, he sort of stands back and he says basically to Katie, look, I just have to say something. And I'm speaking basically in solidarity with all the other men, but we just want you to know that none of us believe what Carl was telling you. Like we believe that that is absolutely not true. Like the, all of the rest of us men and he's speaking for the group and there's a bunch of other men nodding their head as he is saying this. So she thanks him. He goes and stands back with the group and she basically says, um, she asked them all, is this, is this how you feel? Do you truly feel this way? And they pretty much all that no one says anything else, but they all pretty much nod. Yes. That yes, they, that's how they feel. And she says, okay, I need just excuse me for a little bit. So she leaves a room again. Okay. Cut to commercial. And then this next scene for me was so like stuck, just stuck in. I, I don't know who else saw this, but I felt like it was just very awkward. And I feel like they did a horrible job of I feel like all this was, was to basically give Tasha and Caitlin a little bit of airtime because they barely got any airtime on this show. And I feel like it was strictly to give them some airtime. So mind you, up to this point, like we've not seen them at all this show. And then suddenly, so Katie leaves and it's almost like, you know, like the Chris Harrison times when the lead would go back and be like, I'm so confused and I, I can't believe this has happened. And they like expand on it a little bit. They barely expanded on it. She goes into whatever the back room is and, and Caitlin and Tasha are there. Keisha. Uh, they're all dressed up. They're all dressed up. Like, you know, they're, they're supposed to be there. They're, they're the, the, the hosts for the evening, but they didn't introduce the rose ceremony or anything like that. Um, but they're just there in their fancy dresses and, and they, they're like, just immediately they're like, are you Okay. And she said, I did not see that at all coming basically with what Mike P said and how they all sort of went up against Carl. And she actually said that she was going to keep Carl. Like, so that was strange to me. Like I <laughs> was shocked that she was even thinking about keeping him, but I don't know. I guess she doesn't necessarily know what's happening with the men and how he is acting with them. But she tells them that. And then Caitlin is like, you know, the best part about this is that it's actually though your decision and not the men's decision. And then Katie's, Katie thanks them and goes back into the room. And she's like, and we'll back you up on that. But I was like, what, 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 what just was that exchange? I, I mean, that whole scene was maybe a minute. I don't even think it was a minute. It was maybe 30 seconds long. She walks in. They're like, are you okay? She says that came out of nowhere. Caitlin says, well, that's the good thing about it. You make the decision. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Why? Thanks. What did they actually do? I don't know. I just thought it was very stuck in there. I just felt like they cut that 
to the little bit of time they needed and shoved it in there. And I guess that gave her the peace of mind she wanted. So she goes back into the room. Uh, she starts giving out the roses again without saying anything extra to them. She just walks out there and starts giving them away. So Michael is next. He's the dad. Uh, Connor B is cat guy. Courtney with the Q's next. Then Trey. He's the ball guy from the pickup truck. Then Justin. He's the painter guy. Then Andrew M. I don't know who Andrew M is. Don't know him. Don't recognize him. Have no idea who he is. Don't remember him. Uh, then Christian. He's the Boston. Really cute guy. Then Josh. Again, really don't know who that guy is at all. He's not getting any, any screen time whatsoever. Then Brendan, they just show Brendan here and there. He likes V cut t-shirts and just super boy band hairstyle. I, that's all I can say about Brendan. Um, and then as these guys are getting their roses, they keep cutting to Carl and his ITMs being like, oh, I'm totally going to get a rose. I'm for sure. I'm not leaving. There's no way I'm leaving. I totally am going to get a rose. Um, then James gets a rose. He's the box guy. We're not seeing much of him either. Um, then it's the last rose left. And I think it's just between Carl, Aaron, and John. Again, I, I feel like there's still some guys, that, you know, they're not showing much. So I'm not 1000% sure those were the only three left, but I think. So then, so then we see Keisha coming in again. Um, so they did get some more screen time here and this time Tasha is the one that says, um, this is the final rose for the evening, Katie, whenever you're ready. So that's a line straight from Chris Harrison. So they've not, they've kept that, but that's all they say. They both walk in just Tasha says that, and then they leave. <laughs> um, then drum roll, she gives it to Aaron. Aaron gets the rose, which means that, oh yeah, there was another guy. And I literally, literally have no clue who he is. I don't remember him from the first night. I don't know who the guy is, but Carl goes home. John goes home who I really like John. He seems super sweet, but I knew they didn't have chemistry and that I like this other random guy. I can't, I don't know who he is, um, but they all went home. But what was so rude is that. Well, okay, so back up. So then Keisha, they both walk in again. And Caitlin is one that says, if you did not receive a rose, please say your goodbyes. So again, we keep this little phrase. And uh, then they leave. <laughs> that was it. They both walk in. That, that was Caitlin's turn. Um, but Carl literally like walks to within three feet of Katie, totally has his back to her like is standing with his back to her and she's kind of just standing there. doesn't say anything either, which she shouldn't. Um, but she's just kind of looking at him like, like seriously, like you're a really bad dude. Um, and he watches some of the other guys all say goodbye to each other. And then he literally doesn't look at her. He might've glanced at her. I can't remember, but he just walks right out the door. Doesn't say a word to her. I was like, damn, what is a, you're going to lose followers, buddy. I just, that was harsh. I was shocked even for a player, someone who's truly like just there to play a game. I'm so confused. The guy, I don't know what his point was on the show. It was so terrible. Anyway, couldn't believe he did that. Um, they actually all clap when he leaves, the other guys tell her goodbye. They're very gracious. They say goodbye. Um, but then when she's done, all the guys clap. 
no one really says anything else about them. And then she ends the night by basically saying, you know, hopefully the rest of you are here for the right reasons. Ha ha ha. Again, we have to get that in there because we have what's coming up next. Um, they do a cheers and we go to commercial. Come back from commercial. We got segment four. They start off with an aerial view of the resort. No lie. It looks like a freaking big ass prison. I mean, literally, it didn't look like there was any greenery. It looked like a prison. Like, go watch again. I, I, yeah, it's fun. Well, maybe it is like a prison because I did hear, um, I, I listened to Nick Viles' um, podcast, which if you didn't, it was very interesting last week, Heather McDonald, who was on that group date with the best lover in the world game. Um, she hosted that she was on Nick's podcast to break it down. It's such a good episode. You have to go listen. It, she gives her perspective, but also they get into a lot of other things that are super interesting to me. But she said that the food was crap. <laughs> like it was bad. So maybe it kind of is a prison. Actually, maybe it's a prison. Maybe it's a prison and they just kind of dressed up some of the cells. Maybe, maybe it's a prison because actually tonight when they showed those boys in a hot tub, that did not look like a lush plush hot tub. That looked like a hot tub that was constructed with some two by fours by some inmates. I don't know. It looked very makeshift. So, and also their workout area literally did. It did. It looked like now that I think about it, it looked like what you see on the movies is like, like a little weight area out in the, out in the outside area where they can go spend time outside. So maybe it's actually prison. Hmm. Never know. So after they show the prison, uh, actually they cut to the men in the hot tub. And they're all talking about what a relief it is that Carl's gone. But I mean, but I mean, for real, this hot tub doesn't look okay. Anyway, I'm, I'm on with the next thing. So, so they're talking about how they're happy he's gone. Then they showed some other men inside the prison slash resort and, um, it's date card time. So date card comes in and they read who's going to be on the next group date. It is going to be Aaron. It's going to be Courtney, James, Connor B, David, Justin, Thomas, Hunter, and Brendan. And the note says, love is about honesty and I need 100%. The guys notice, whether this was accidental or not, I don't know, whether, this were, whether the producers are like, hey guys, did anyone sign that note? Because there's someone says, isn't it... Like they didn't read anything like a lot of times it says love Katie or heart Katie or something. And one of the guys is like, isn't it, is it not signed? And they're like, no, it's not even signed by Katie. So they're like, oh man, she's, she must be really pissed, you know? And they're like, there's no heart or anything. No, it's only signed with a, it's like a, it ends with a dot, dot, dot. And I mean, dot, dot, dot is never good. So then we cut to them walking down a road and Katie greets them. No hooju. There was no hooju performed. She just greets them pretty seriously. And she says, last night was interesting, but it was really tough. She says, I have a friend here to help me out today. That's going to help her get some clarity. And as they're walking to this building, one of the prison rooms, um, she says, this group date is about past relationships. So they walk in 
And it's just a dark room with sort of like some spotlights on this area where there's just a bunch of chairs in a circle. And Nick Vile, speaking of Nick, Nick is sitting in one of the chairs. So we knew he was going to be hosting this group day. We saw that in the previews. So it's him. And I do. I like Nick. There's part of me that thinks he's super cocky, but there's another part of me that thinks he's very well spoken. I really do like his podcast a lot. That's just totally side note. But he is sitting there in a chair and he has them all take a seat. And I mean, it looks like it's going to be some kind of like intervention or some like group therapy type of thing. So he tells them, you know, I, if you don't know who I am, I'm Nick file. I've been in your shoes. I was on the bachelorette. I fell in love. I got my heart broken. Uh, but then he also says, I know what it's like to be Katie because I was also the bachelor. And he's like, the biggest part is and the hardest part is getting to know these people, but not really knowing anything about them truly. So he wants them, he tells them he wants them to share things that they've done in relate with relationships done or relationships they've had and to not hide anything. So basically he's wanting them to like really reveal some super personal stuff. So this is a big, big, big PTC group play PTC. For those of you who have not heard the game of roses uh, terminology is the personal tragedy card. And this is very, very common in the bachelor series and people play them no matter how serious or how minor they may seem, but they are a regular part of the show. They just are. So, um, obviously they, this is, this is a term that is created by Game of Roses, not the bachelor, but I love it because it's so true. So that's what PTC is. But so he tells them that, you know, that, that basically they're going to need to play some PTC and he doesn't want them to hide anything. And that Katie deserves to know these things before she goes any further in the process. So the camera pans and they're all looking like super nervous. Um, Katie clarifies, she says, we all have a past and that no one's perfect. And she is very thankful to Nick to open some of these discussions. So I personally believe that these men were not selected by Katie. I think they were selected by the producers um, because they knew that each of them had some kind of a significant PTC to tell. As we'll learn, some had more serious ones than others. They didn't have time in a two-hour show to get deep into all whatever it was, seven, eight men. But I think that they were picked for reasons to be there. I don't know that Katie for sure picked them, but it doesn't matter. Um, so Hunter goes first. He says he met a woman that he knew he would marry. They got married and had a baby girl. Then they had a baby boy. But by that time, he had shifted his priorities. Basically, he says that he was so uber focused on making a living and making money and uh, in a sense, providing for his family, but then doing it overly that he really overworked himself. But because of that, he spent more time at work than with his family and they drifted apart. Um, basically they got divorced, but he got emotional then because he said it not just didn't only affect his wife, but it, he affected his two kids and he produces tears, which produces tears is just another term I'm using not to be facetious or anything, but he does. I don't think, 
I, they were real. They were real tears. You could tell, I, again, I think Hunter's this kind of guy that is, is a, at the core, probably a good guy. Um, can probably see him ending up in paradise or something like that, but he is feeling truly bad. And I think really is truly gets emotional about it. Um, they show Katie kind of crying too. Um, I don't, I don't think I knew this. I don't think they revealed this at any point in any time. Maybe they did. I missed it if they did, but that he had kids. I don't think I knew that he was divorced and had kids. So anyway, if nothing else, we learned that about him. So she thanks him for sharing that. Uh, next we have Aaron. Aaron was a guy that had a little, the little rift with the Cody guy who got kicked off last. I'm not sure about Aaron. I for sure don't think he's going anywhere either, but he seems to just like, I don't think he's a bad guy, but he seems like he's just kind of a, I don't know, there to complain about all the other guys, you know, like I, I don't, I can't figure him out. I don't really like him all that much. Cause I think he's kind of a shit disturber, I guess you would say. And I just don't, I'm not into him. He doesn't seem honestly <laughs> there for the right reasons, but he's also not making any kind of a impression. I feel like on the viewers, like I don't know. I, I'm weird about him, but anyway, he says, um, that his dad had a stroke and he met a girl who also was in the same situation and they kind of needed each other. Um, but then how he felt like it ended up that their relationship that she felt like it was, he was, it was like an obligation. And so then they broke up. I don't know. That wasn't a real strong PTC, but that was his story. Then they had David and he made a decision to leave a relationship and then second guessed it a lot in the future. But I, I don't know. They Some of these, they cut really short. And by them cutting them short, it almost made the story more confusing. Like, especially his. I was like, what? I What do you? I did not get it at all. So I <laughs> don't know. It's just to get him talking, I guess. Then same with Courtney with a Q. He said something very quickly about... I, I, Obviously they're editing this down, but that he realized how important trust is. I, I, very general statement. Don't we all, I, but that's all he had to say. And that's something about one of his past relationships made him realize how important trust is. Okay. So then we come to Thomas, good old Thomas. And he says the moment he met her, um, it's been, he's been very upfront with her. But I, that is not true. But he says that, and he says he thinks that everything happens the way it's supposed to. Now, I'm going to stop right there. And I'm going to say, I'm going to back up to last episode and last podcast too, where I said there's something weird about Thomas. It, it's like everything he says is rehearsed or it's right out of a greeting card. He never says anything like, specific about himself, his past, his family, his anything. He never asks Katie any questions about her, anything specific. He always is just like, oh, what we have seems to be so real. Oh, you're just so wonderful. Oh, you're just so strong. Oh, I totally believe in what we have. Oh, we have a connection. Like, you know what I mean? All those just total general terms that don't mean anything. And there, he's not saying anything. He says a lot of crap without saying anything at all. So what he's saying now seems super ironic to me because he's acting like, again, like everything happens for a reason, blah, 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 blah. So then he says, uh, he said when he showed up, like initially, I'm assuming he said he can't, 
He can't say that he was here for the right reasons fully because he didn't know her. And then he said, I figured worst case scenario, um, he'd give it a shot, meaning with her. And if not, he could at least build a platform from it. He said, I'm just being honest. And then he said, the best thing I did was to lean into the potential of what could be here because his feelings are now real and he thinks that she feels the same way. He says he um, actually went on a date the week before the show because again, he, he said, uh, because again, I don't, I didn't know you. Uh, <laughs> so then he says, sometimes when you have no expectations and you start seeing something emerge on that, you're like, whoa. And then while he's talking, which I feel like this is so out of both sides of his mouth. So first he starts with so far up to now, like literally not saying anything. And then when he finally decides to dig, dig deep and be honest about something, that's what he's going to decide to be honest as about about is that he went on a date a week before the show and that he is looking at a platform if it doesn't work with Katie. Now I know what I just said. So I, I will back that up by saying there is a part of me that respects him for admitting this because I think that honestly, everyone else has the same thought, whether they ever would admit it to anyone or themselves, it, they all are thinking the same thing. So there is that part of me that has to respect. And I kind of liked when he said this, cause I was like, finally, someone actually says those words while they're on the show. So it was admitted. But then the other part of me is like, but, but buddy, like, even if it's true, I don't, I'm not sure that you should say that. I'm not sure that the, that the first thing that she learns about you that's specific is that you went on a date the week before you got here and that, Hey, well, at least I can build a platform because no matter who you are as a lead, no matter how much, you know, that might be the case for these people. That is not what you want to hear. Like that is not what you want to hear. So I'm so confused by this guy. Um, but then they keep like the whole time he's talking, they'll show Katie and they'll, they'll show her like nodding and smiling and then they'll show her. And then she looks like she's really serious and then they'll cut, but they only are like cutting to her. So again, in the editing, you have zero idea if the expressions that she's showing whenever they show her are even with Th when Thomas is talking, like we have no way of knowing that. So this, this, in my opinion is, is somewhere in the show where you're like, you know, you can't take it necessarily for gospel because we don't know what, what she's, if she was smiling or pissed off the whole time he was saying that because they're just showing clips of her with different facial expressions, whatever. So anyway, that's his whole spiel. And then they cut to commercial. I thought for sure they would come back from commercial and they would end with him. That That's literally where they ended with Thomas. Like nothing else was said. They didn't show anyone else's response. They, well, <laughs> they will. But then the next segment, they go straight to Connor B. His was also interesting. I thought. So he's like super nervous about what he's got to say. And he looks so scared. He actually says it like, I'm, I'm really scared to admit this. He starts crying. I, again, he produces those tears. I feel like they're, they're pretty real tears. Cause there's quite a bit of them. Um, and he said, it, he was like, I had hoped to do this with just you and I, but you know, since we're here and this is the date, I'm just, you know, gonna go with it. 
So he was like, I was 24, 25. I was getting my PhD and I dropped out. So he said, I was working as a musician in a piano bar and in this piano bar, I could drink for free. So he says drinking became more and more of his life and it got to come a real problem. He said when he would drink and get drunk, he would get really angry. And when he was drunk, he would get like blackout drunk all the time. And he wouldn't remember stuff, but everyone would tell him about how horrible he was when he was blackout drunk. Like he would say these horrible things to everyone and would just basically a big fat douchebag. So he said it all culminated one night. And I mean, it was like buildup. It was this major, in my opinion, it was this major buildup. And he was like, it all culminated one night when he got really, really drunk and he got in a fight with his girlfriend. And I was like, this sounds terrible, but the way they were building it up and as much as he was crying and as upset as he got, I I, I thought he was going to say something like that he sexually assaulted somebody or that he freaking got in a fight and was killed. Some, I mean, I was expecting like, uh, not that this, what he's going to say wasn't bad, but I was expecting like the worst. And he said they got in a fight and he said, I ended up getting more drunk and I even was, and then I got high and he ended up cheating on her basically. Uh, again, that's terrible. That's very bad. You don't cheat on your girlfriend, but like the way he was building it up, I thought it was like a felony. You know, like I was like, what are we about to reveal? Um, but anyway, he said his life blew up. He said that was his pivot point in his life, that his life changed after that. And he used that to become a better man and that he feels like he's a better man in every sense of the word and in every way now. And that was that. She thanked him for it. And there we go. So I... I really was starting to get scared too of what he was going to say because I really like Connor and I didn't want him to have like whatever have done the worst. So that was that. Um, then this was a super interesting date. And I mean, you talk about the tears flowing and the PTCs coming out of all directions. Then Katie says that she felt like she wanted to share something too, since they all got really in depth and shared so much with her. And she says, again, she talks about herself being sex positive. Um, still wish I knew exactly what that meant, why she's more sex positive than any other previous bachelorette, but that's okay. Said she's sex positive and this confident person, but she wasn't always that way. She said 10 years ago on New Year's Eve, um, she was drinking and she was involved in a, a sexual situation where there was not content. Con sorry, consent. And she said after it happened, she was in total denial about what happened to the extent that she even tried to form a relationship with the guy. And when it didn't work out, um, she had this very, very unhealthy relationship with sex. She hated it. She didn't want anything to do with it. She rejected it. Like, I guess it was a thing for a long time. So, um, she said it took a really, really long time to get where she is now, but that she's come a very long way from 10 years ago. And then she was talked a lot about how important consent is and also about communication where sex is concerned. Um, she said it shaped her into the person that she is now as well. Um, then in that this she told all directly to 
the whole group of guys. And she, of course, cried and they were all crying. And I mean, it was, it truly was like an emotional thing. And I have to give her credit because I feel like don't care who you are, don't care editing producers or whatever. I, she shared that and that had to be a big deal. Like, wow. So in her ITM, she got super emotional and she said for a very long time that she felt like she was responsible and that she, just because she was so drunk and that she was just so stupid and that it was all her fault. And I actually almost am getting emotional hearing her say that because I like, I, I just felt for her. Like she was truly uh, sharing something. I feel like she didn't know that she would share on this journey. I, wow. I just used that word. Um, but anyway, she, they used it kind of as a platform, like a, a PSA, like a public service announcement, I think, um, which is awesome, uh, actually. But anyway, she cries and she says how important consent is and that, you know, it's, it's never your fault. And she goes through the whole thing again. And, um, and, after this segment, it went to commercial, but after the segment, they showed a like uh, a basically like a hotline or support group. I should have made note of what which one it was, but a support group to contact um, about if you've been in a situation similar to this and how important consent is. So uh, kudos to Katie for bringing all that that whole topic to light. Um, but anyway, that was quite a date. Uh, that was quite a date. I know when Nick on the podcast with Nick and Heather McDonald, he said that I'm going to be on next week's episode. I'm not going to say anything about the date, but he said it's pretty big and he was not wrong. That was quite a date. So, all right. So we cut to segment six and we get our animal. We get a deer that's looking out on some men working out in a field and he picks his head up and looks at them. Um, we got Michael and then I think Connor, maybe, uh, I'm not, I can't remember who the other two guys are, but there was three of them and they were out like in this weight area, like the prison weight area. You know what I mean? And he was started talking about being a single dad. And he said it was not easy to bring up with Katie and that he hasn't found the right time to do it yet. But then he basically tells the two guys that he met his wife in 2003. They were together for 16 years. Um, they had a baby, James, um, seven months after he was born. She found out she had breast cancer and she fought it and ended up passing away two years ago. Uh, so he he says he's doing this to sort of taste, take some risks in life, both for he and his son. And he just wants to find the right person, someone to be a good mother to his son. He's like, I'm 36. And then he's only told one person in his wife, in his wife, in his wife, in his wife that he loves her. <laughs> um, and it was his wife. What, what? You know what I mean? Only one woman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so they cut from that to the nighttime portion of the date of the group date and Katie joins. They all are sitting on a little couch. Katie joins them and they make a toast and she thanks them for being vulnerable. Um, 
she talks to Justin first and tells him how it felt really liberating for her to tell her story. Um, then she talks to Connor B and um, he thanks her for sharing what happened to her and that he's really sorry that it happened to her. And she says that she was not planning on sharing that with them, but that she felt like she was taking control by telling them. And she felt this big sense of relief that she told them and then just talked about it. Um, he tells her that he feels very seen with her and, and she says that she thinks he's quite a catch and they kiss again. And then a weird thing happens. It's not really weird, but if you remember on the last episode, uh, he goes in for a kiss and I felt like it was too aggressive and it didn't take long, or at least in the editing, the portion we saw and she pulls away, it happened again. I'm like, dude, just like, you're such a good guy. And I like you so much, like slow down with the making out. Don't eat her face. Don't do that. No girl likes their face to be eaten off. So he like goes in, in my opinion, very aggressively again. And she like pulls away. And both times she kind of does the same thing where she acts like she pulls away because it's like, oh, damn, that was such a hot kiss. And she she does. She pulls away again. And when she did, he, I felt like he knew it. But then he like did his hands like, oh, I'm hot. Like, oh, that was hot. You know, and she just like giggled and they cut away. And I was like, ah. I don't, I want him to like, I want her to like him, but you guys, I just feel like he's not going to, I don't think he's going to be the one, but I still think he's going to be top four, but I feel like he's going to be a good paradise. I feel like he's going to paradise. I think, I really think so. But anyway, Ooh, that gives me another thought about Greg. So I'm going to say that till the end. If all of you can stay with me so the, by that time, maybe two of you will still be with me. So uh, then Thomas comes in and he goes on again with his very superficial talking. Okay. We, he just like admitted all these things in this intervention date that they had. And he comes in and he does the same stupid crap. He's like, he's thankful for every single time he's with her. He, um, is like, you know, I just think things are meant to be blah, 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 blah. Um, but she asks him about because in his little spiel in the intervention he said he said something about red flags and i think that there was always red flags and there could be red flags in a relationship and she says she wants him to he never expanded on that she says i want you to expand on what you meant by that and he's like i basically just think that we both came here and there's a reason we're together and she's like you know that's really that's great and she smiles excuse me and but then she's like um I think you're dodging the question. And it was so funny because he totally was dodging the question. Um, but he never said anymore. He was never, he was never specific with her again. And he, he kind of just fluffed it around again. And I, she didn't demand any more answers and he was done with his part. So then they show Aaron and the guy sitting on the couch and Aaron starts trash talking Thomas and all the guys kind of start in. Um, and they start, um, talking about how he revealed that he was there to build a platform, but then ended up falling for her. And they say that Thomas is just turns on the charm when he can, which is actually really true. He just, that's what he does. That's what he does. He just turns on the charm, but nothing beyond that. Um, and that's so true. So then, uh, Thomas tells Katie that his intention 
is getting married. And that's kind of what deters her from demanding any more answers, really, because he says that, which I guess was specific enough for her, but not really. That's not a red flag. He never really answered a question about that, but he never did really say anything at that time. So um, they're like, you know, when Thomas is put on the spot with anything, his answers just sound rehearsed. Again, I agree with that. So um, Thomas comes back into the guys and they're kind of ragging on him a little bit. And then it's like he feels guilty, I guess, for not really saying anything to Katie. Like he knows that he didn't. And so he's like, oh, I got to fix this with Katie. And he senses that she wasn't satisfied with her answers. And we go to commercial. All right. I need to speed this up here because I still have <laughs> quite a bit to cover. I God, I can't just shut up. I, I don't know how to, okay. All right. This is going to be an hour and a half if I'm not careful. So I always said that I never really wanted to go that far because I feel like people lose interest, but you know, I'm so interesting to listen to. So how, how can that be true? <laughs> um, so we get the next segment, segment seven and uh, Thomas wants to interrupt Aaron's time. Aaron is with her now. So to kind of smooth things over with Katie, he's like pacing, 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 like, you know, wanting to interrupt and he doesn't at first, but then he finally does. And Aaron doesn't put up too much of a, uh, fight to block the steel. So he gets up and leaves, but of course he goes back to the other guys and is completely bitching to them about the fact that Thomas did that. But, Thomas says to her that his heart is heavy and he wants to express where he's coming from. Really? Your heart is heavy. Who says that? Who says my heart is heavy? I, I've never said that. I, uh, yeah. So then he <laughs> then he says, fear and love are rooted in the same concept. Where does this guy, I think that instead of Greg being the actor, this guy is the actor again. Who talks in greeting card form? Uh, clearly Thomas. Fear and love are rooted in the same concept, and he feels both of those with her. And then he says, I had to let you know how special you are and how special this, this feeling of fear is again for me. I, what? Um, yeah. Uh, he says he feels such a strong energy pull to her, and he needs her to know that. A and so again... He literally isn't saying anything. Also, he did not say the words, I think I'm falling in love with you. Or at least if he said them, they weren't aired. Okay. So, but again, in my opinion, he says nothing here. Like, yeah, I, I guess he's expressing how much he's into her, but clearly all the other guys are too. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Nothing gets deep at all. I'm like, God, blah, blah, blah. That's what I'd be thinking if I was her. But she says... She said, you're so passionate about your feelings and that she's felt a, she's felt a spark too. And that, that she's happy he's there. So I know, I don't, I don't like this. I don't know if she truly is falling for his crap, but I, you know, she basically is like, thank you for saying that and blah, blah, blah. I, I just, I don't know. He annoys me. I glad he admitted that he you know, the whole Instagram thing, but he is just gross. So, uh, so there, then the guys, they show the guys again. They're all like, Oh, I hope I get the rose. I hope I get the rose. Please, please, please let Thomas not get the rose. Surely he can't get the rose. In the meantime, 
with the other guys not on this date. The date card arrives. This is the one-on-one date. And surprise, surprise, it goes to Michael A., who is the dad with the little boy whose wife died. We all knew this was going to happen. We knew this was going to be the one-on-one because they just showed him talking about this experience to these two other guys. So this is no surprise. The card says, love is an adventure, love, Katie. So this was not a big shocker. They go back to the group date again. Thomas comes back and the men get on him and tell him it's not fair that he gets more time with her. And he's like, well, I had to tell her how I felt, uh, yeah. So isn't that the whole point of the group date is for everyone to tell. And they actually said the same thing. They're like, well, we wanted to tell her how we felt too. Aaron was like, I thought you had something specific that you really needed to get off your chest again. Yes. Thank you, Aaron. Exactly. Like if he would have been like, oh, you know, I have to tell you this. Um, My sister, blah, blah. I don't know anything, but like, that's what he cut in is to just say, you know, there's a fine line that, that no, that fear and love are in the same, like the same concept. I still, I can't, I, 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 I yuck. So, um, all right. So they are, let's see, I lost my train of thought. Um, so, so yeah, they're all like harassing him still. Um, and he tells them that he's basically falling in love with her and that they wish just wouldn't understand. And they're like, seriously, like I, same thing I was thinking. She comes in, she enters. Um, she, you know how they always, she gives her top three, her top three for this, uh, date are Connor B, David and Hunter actually. And she picks Connor B. So Thomas did not get the rose, which he of course acted really surprised, but the men were all really happy. And that is the end of that segment. Go to the next segment, eight. We got another deer. We get another deer looking through the grass. He's looking through the grass. And we are now on the one-on-one date. So they show Katie and she's in like a dune buggy thing. And she's riding around and she's like making sharp corners. And um, she's like yelling and laughing. This She's by herself. And then all of a sudden they show her making a corner and she rolls the freaking dune buggy. And then the camera that's uh, like the GoPro thing that's inside the dune buggy shows her hanging upside down and they show a medic running up and they're, they're like, are you okay? And she's like, uh, yep. All right. Again, confusion. Why, <laughs> why in all the hours that you film, do you actually show her wrecking? I, was a little bit confused by this again as well. I thought maybe they were going to use it in the plot line somehow, which I guess they kind of did a little bit, but I feel like that's not really a good thing to show. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, here, we're just letting you run rampant and oh, you racked and you could have killed yourself, but it's okay. It's the bachelor and you didn't. And we had medics there, so you're good. I Okay. So then we see her again. Then they just, that was it. And then they cut her driving again. And somehow Michael got in the middle of freaking nowhere. There's tumbleweed blowing everywhere. He's just standing there by himself. Um, and she drives up to him like, oh, hey, what's up? I didn't expect to see you here. <laughs> He's just standing there by himself. And uh, she uh, says, jump in. So he jumps in and she's, again, 
I gotta say she's fearless. She's just, again, driving around like a maniac. Honestly, I feel like half the time when they were showing them, he was like, holy crap, I am going to die. <laughs> he looked terrified. Um, so whatever, they stop and they have this little talk. There's no picnic, no nothing. They just stop in a field and talk. And she admits that she flipped the dune buggy and that she actually hurt her knee and broke parts of the dune buggy. Um, I, okay. Like I, at this point, I don't, I feel like there's not that much chemistry there. I just have to say it. Like he seems like a super sweet guy, but a, I am 99% sure he's not going to make it to the top four. I, and I think it's because he's going to have the kid and she's going to let him go. But I just don't feel like, I don't know. She's just not into him, but that's fine. Um, he says he feels comfortable with her and, and basically tells her if she doesn't feel it, she should just tell him and he'll leave. And then she kind of talks about how she appreciates that he says that because she gets that he has a son and she respects that, that he's taking time away from his son to be there. And they have this little exchange. Honestly, after that little exchange, I was convinced in my head that she was going to like send him home. I truly, truly did. So, but he says this little phrase that you always hear that this ends in an engagement, but he thinks it begins in an engagement. She was like, oh, I love that. And how he's so happy in this moment. Um, we all know that you don't play your PTC until the night portion of the date. So of course he does not, but they kiss up against a dune buggy and we go to commercial, come back from a commercial they are all there with all the men again at the prison, I mean, resort. And, um, they were talking about how hard the date was yesterday, as far as the little session with Nick and revealing all of the things that, you know, they had to reveal all their PTCs. And then they start on the Thomas thing again. At this point, it's mainly Aaron, but all the others, a lot of the others are chiming in too. Um, Thomas isn't there. So pretty much everyone, but then we learn next that Hunter is in a different room with Thomas, but Hunter's basically, again, I feel like he's playing his role. He's being like the good guy that Katie's not going to pick, but he's like telling Thomas, dude, like you need to chill basically. And he said, it's none of my business. If you are falling in love with her or not, which I respect that because it's really not, but he just says it. And he says, but if you do the same thing you did at the rose ceremony at this, as you did in the last date, he goes, you were just digging yourself a grave with all the other guys because you are not in a good place with them. And he just kind of tells him how it is. And Thomas seems like he's listening to him. Anyway, then they go back to Michael's nighttime portion of this date. And you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of, uh, shoot, is it Jack? Yeah, Jack from Will and Grace. That's who he reminds me of. He looks just like him. Michael does. I just figured that out. Um, so, of course, as we predicted, Michael starts in on his PTC and he tells her basically the same thing that um, he told the two guys while they're in the wait, little wait prison area. Um, he said 2012, they were married. He married, he met Laura in college. 2012, they were married. 2016, they had their little boy, James. Seven months later, she found out she had breast cancer and she fought it hard and they traveled the nation to try and find some kind of cure for her. 
and he starts crying and he gets super, super, super emotional talking about her. And God bless him. I felt for him too. These people on this one do not think that these tears were fake or produced like out of nowhere. He was so, I really felt for him. Um, you could tell that he truly, truly like misses her. Um, in January, 2019, she died and Katie of course was crying too. And, but then he says he's ready to open up his heart again. And that would be a gift to fall in love twice. Like he also knows how to lay it on. I mean, I don't think it was fake laid on. I mean, he knew the right words to say. You could tell he's like that super sensitive sort of guy who like, okay, so that's the difference. So Thomas is a guy who says all these lovey-dovey things, but it just sounds like charming and superficial. Michael said these things about love, but you could, but like he, you could tell he like it really, truly came from the heart, but he was also speaking from like an experience of his own with his wife that died. So like, ow, but Katie, so then Katie acknowledges still ready for her to tell him that she just doesn't feel the same way. So, but she acknowledges he and Laura's love and how amazing that is. And she says she totally respects that. And if things continue with them, she would never, ever feel intimidated by that. And she would welcome it. And then she, in her ITM, she is talking to the camera about, about it and how she just, the way he said it and talked about love just made her feel so good and how she didn't actually expect to feel this way about him. And, and then she just kept producing tears as well. And like, I just didn't expect this. And the way he talked about love is the kind of love I want. And, and, um, so she does, she gives him the rose. I did not see that coming. Um, but she did. Uh, then they go on this little rooftop and they look at the stars and he says he can hundred percent see himself falling in love again. Um, they make out, she gets emotional again in an ITM. And she says that this could be the start of her falling in love with Michael and how, again, how unexpected it is. And I was thinking, yes, ma'am, it is truly unexpected. So that's how that segment ends. Cut to commercial. And we're at the last segment. Um, we start this segment off with a bird, cute little bird sitting on a post. Actually, it wasn't that cute. I think it was like a hawk. I don't think hawks are that cute, but it was a hawk sitting on a post. And maybe it wasn't a hawk. I don't know my birds, but it wasn't a cute bird. Um, so I showed Katie in jeans and a white t-shirt. She's walking on the road, um, talking about the next group date. So then we cut to the men inside the house. Um, and Aaron's talking about Thomas again. They're going off on him again. He goes as far as to say he says that he's a sociopath uh, and has sociopathic tendencies. And then he calls him a psychopath. These <laughs> are pretty strong accusations, uh, both a sociopath and a psychopath. Um, then they cut to another group of guys that are also talking about Thomas. Then they talk to another group of guys that are also talking about Thomas. So he's the big point of discussion. Then they show all the guys in the same room again. They're waiting for Katie to arrive for the group tape. And Hunter says to the, in his ITM that he decided he's going to call Thomas out in front of the whole group. So then they show him and he, he goes ahead and starts. And he at first talks to the whole group as a whole and is like, you know, we've had some uh, issues with Thomas lately. And he addresses Thomas directly. And he says that he feels like, Thomas's whole um, narrative is like 
fraudulent and it feels like a campaign. That's how he says it. He said he asks Thomas if he's ever thought about being the ba- the bachelor. Uh, Thomas avoids the question. Can't remember exactly what he said, but then Hunter says that he feels manipulated whenever he has conversations with Thomas. And he wonders if he feels manipulated, if Katie feels the same way, or he's worried Katie could feel the same way. So he asks him again, straight out, have you thought about being the bachelor? He again avoids the question, says something, walks around it again. So kind of his fluffy talk. So Hunter says again, he doesn't want Katie's heart broken. And um, so then Thomas says he admits he didn't know what to expect because he didn't know Katie. He like kind of said the same thing he said in that group thing. And he avoids the question once more. And finally Hunter's like, okay, this is basically like answer my question. You know, did, have you thought about being the bachelor? And he says, okay, I can't lie coming into this. Um, it was a thought on his mind about being the next bachelor. Hunter says, well, you know, that makes a lot of things clear and that is just messed up. And he, he, Trey says something like, um, he is doing a great job of being disingenuous. Um, Thomas says it's no longer in my mind. And Connor B is like, I don't believe you. I don't believe that's true. And then Christian is like, I'm really scared for Katie. He says this in ITM. I'm really scared for Katie because if she finds this out, she is going to be like, so hurt and um hunter makes some more like accusations like he says he's gonna he's just gonna keep talking his way around this whole topic with katie and they're all scared now that she's gonna go home if she finds this out about thomas so that's basically the end of the show they are all just basically scared for Katie that she is going to leave. And it kind of ends. It kind of ends weird. It doesn't really like end with a big da da dum to be continued. It just sort of ends at that moment. So basically the narrative here is, you know, Thomas is there for the wrong reasons. Again, I will, I will reiterate that it's an interesting that this specific topic comes up about him being the bachelor because I, I'm just like split on this because part of me, it, it respects him for admitting it. And this is like the first time they really talk about this so openly on the show. And we know, we know it has entered all the, all the, uh, maybe, maybe Michael with the little James, who's, whose wife passed away. Maybe not his, maybe not his, but I, everybody else. I can't, I just, it, you can't tell me it's not entered your mind. But the thing is, is you don't admit it. That's part of the game. You don't admit this on the show, in my opinion. So whatever, we'll see where that goes. So then we get a preview. And basically the whole very, very majority of the first part of the preview, they show more drama with Thomas. And it's just whatever. It's more of the same. But then the last few seconds is Tasha, And they, they show Tasha saying, there's someone here from my past and I just, I can't believe this is real. And then they cut to guess who Blake, which I feel like that's a very misguided preview because they make it look like Tasha's like thinking he's come back for her. I, come on. I, and I really, really hope that's not the way she's saying it because that's going to sound super 
arrogant, in my opinion, for her to say that. But I well, I'm so anxious to see how this plays out. So anxious to see how this plays out. But we know, so we know Blake is going to be on the next show, which could change the whole thing over again. So the next show should be really, really good. Um, real quick, I wanted to mention that again, I'm not about spoilers and I, this is not a spoiler whatsoever, but, um, and this is something anyone could look up, but I'm a little worried. No, I'm not worried. I, I guess I just don't know. Um, if you follow the Instagram games of these players and the Instagram followers they started with versus there's a couple accounts plus Game Roses covers it on their Thursday edition of how the different players, the top five uh, players, Instagram accounts go grow each week as well as the leads. And last week's Greg's grew by leaps and bounds more than the second place one did, who I think was maybe Connor B. I'm not sure. But he he gained like, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but it was like close to 40,000 followers he gained just last week. And granted, he took up a lot of the show. But last season, on Matt James's season, um, Rachel had the same thing. She was always... I mean, like very many times, both her and Abigail, the deaf, the one that was deaf, they had really, really high gains. But Rachel was the one that was kind of the unexplainable one. Like no one understood why she was getting such big gains because really Rachel was in the show, but she was never really a standout as far as airtime. Like she by far did not get that much airtime compared to a lot of the other women, but we know how that ended and we know the controversy and how it ended, but it also ended with him choosing her. So it makes me wonder, and we'll see as the shows continue because like, it makes sense, I guess, that Greg gained a lot of followers on the last show because he was on it a lot and he was like one of the focuses. So that would make more sense. But if we continue to see Greg gain followers throughout the season, especially like after this show tonight where he was barely, barely on, it makes me wonder whether he's going to be the ring winner because of like, cause there are a lot of people that do, um, follow spoilers. And that's like the first thing to do is look up to see who won, which I don't get that. That's like not me whatsoever. I don't like, I don't want to know. It makes it more fun to not know, but there's a lot of people that don't care about that. And and it makes me wonder whether it's like those people that are looking up spoilers are the ones that are like, oh, he won. So I'm going to follow him. Have no idea if there's any proof to that whatsoever. I'm just saying I do know on and also the accounts that I follow that stuff on, like the followers are not spoiler accounts. Like they're just literally reporting the numbers every single week as they find them. And anyway, so I just thought that was an interesting fact to kind of keep your eye on and we'll see if that like tends to be true. But anyway, he was by far the one that had the most followers gains last week. So I'll see if I'll let you know if I find what I find out for next, um, for the next show for this week. So, 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 okay. Going really close to an hour and a half here. So I'm going to wrap it up now, but as usual, I'm going to wrap it up with my, this week's Bible verse, which is Luke six, verse 31. And that is, do unto others as you would like them to do to you.
I think this speaks volume. I volumes, I think it's very simple and it's something we all should practice. And, um, yeah. So I thank you all for listening. I encourage you to please, please, please go rate five star rate me and please write a quick little review if you will. And also subscribe and please tell your friends to listen. Really, really appreciate anybody, any of the listeners. And, um, I enjoy talking about the show. I enjoy talking to you all and we will see you next week. Bye.